the benefits that you get from that physical activity are completely independent of the motivation that gets you there. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. Thank you. I needed to hear that. for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. And I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in women's health. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Today we're talking exercise and fatigue. Can you use exercise as a way to manage fatigue? Yeah, so this is different from using exercise to improve your sleep. We know that being physically active leads to better sleep. And Sarah and I have actually chatted about this on the podcast before. We're going to put that episode in the show notes. But I guess I I need your medical brain there, Dr. Kavanagh. How is (laughs) fatigue? What is classed as fatigue and how, I guess, is it different from just being tired? Great. Good, good, good place to start. (laughs) All right. So by definition, fatigue is a condition marked by extreme tiredness and an inability to function due to lack of energy. And and I guess whilst we all feel tired at times, I think the difference between fatigue and tiredness is that when we're just really, really tired, a good sleep should fix it. Maybe not one night, but if you could link together a few really good nights of sleep – maybe the odd nap, you should start to feel refreshed again. True fatigue is a sensation of exhaustion during or after usual activities or a feeling of inadequate energy to even begin those activities. It's really, really common. It's estimated that about 20 to 30% of adults will report that they will have significant fatigue at any given time. Wow. So right now, 20 to 30% of our listeners have fatigue. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought it so high. I would suggest that at least 50% of our hosts have fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly 100, actually. (laughs) I was going to say, are you talking about the baby lady or the doctor? (laughs) Both of us, both. (laughs) I'm too tired to know. Um, Look, I think it's also really important to remember that fatigue is a symptom. So fatigue is not in and of itself a diagnosis. So it's something that you can feel and describe, but it is not a condition or disease. So to reduce your fatigue, you first need to understand what the underlying reasons are for your fatigue in the first place. Okay. So I guess then it kind of leads into the next question of, are there different types of fatigue, which I think think is possibly then going to move into, well, there's different types of reasons for fatigue. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty well. Um, I think a, a helpful way to think about fatigue is in terms of, uh, of timeline. Yep. So acute fatigue is, you know, fatigue that you've had for symptoms of for less than a month versus prolonged, we're in that one to six month time frame, versus chronic, which is you know, fatigue that has been persistent for greater than six months. I mean, if you've copped a bout of influenza, you may feel extremely fatigued whilst you're sick, despite spending all day in bed. But for most people, once that illness is resolved, kind of so does your fatigue. It might take you a few days or even a couple of weeks to get your energy back, but eventually you'll feel refreshed again. So it's kind of that acute fatigue. Mm. But, you know, conversely, fatigue that goes on for many weeks or months, despite getting adequate sleep and good quality sleep would then constitute that prolonged or chronic fatigue. And here I think it's also really important that we make the distinction between 
generalized chronic fatigue and chronic fatigue syndrome, which I think we're probably all familiar with that term. Chronic fatigue syndrome, um, otherwise known as myalgic encephalomyelitis, or ME, because that's a lot easier to say. Yeah, I was going to say encephalomyelitis. Now, that's a good one. (laughs) Boom, boom. Uh, It's a complex multi-system disease commonly characterised by, yes, severe fatigue, but also much more than that. You've got cognitive dysfunction, sleep problems, autonomic dysfunction, and what we call post-exertional malaise, so being really fatigued after physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can severely impact a person's ability to conduct their activities of daily living. The ins and outs of myalgic encephalomyelitis is a huge subject in and of itself. So we might kind of steer away from that discussion today, <laughs> um, particularly because this is a podcast about exercise. Um, there is some really kind of specific and expert advice that people with ME need to follow when it comes to you know, exercise and, and management of their symptoms because right. it does involve this post-exertional malaise. Okay. So, again, we're going to come back to this many times. <laughs> if you think that you have you know, fatigue that goes on for many, many months, you may have chronic fatigue syndrome or ME and that warrants a chat with your health professional. Yes, yeah, you're not um, you're not curing that with exercise just because you hear it on a podcast. No. <laughs> Please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, your causes of your chronic or your prolonged fatigue are quite varied and it's probably one of the most common presentations to general practice across the world. Um, and you know, when we're thinking about, you know, causes, it can be really difficult to to nail. Um, For many, you know, it's caused by a combination of lifestyle, social, psychological and general well-being issues rather than it necessarily being caused by an underlying medical condition. Mm. But it could also be that as well. It could be. Okay. All right. Uh, Just, you know, asking for a friend here, does um, sleep deprivation (laughs) count as fatigue in in this context <laughs> Look, why do i should be asking that <laughs> sleep, i don't know i don't know you last had a good sleep sometime in 2021 i think um Look, sleep deprivation can absolutely cause fatigue. Uh, you know, ask any new parent out there or anyone who does shift work and perhaps isn't adept at changing their sleep schedule to their roster. That was certainly me when I did shift work. Mm. Um, look, I often tell my patients sleep deprivation is a form of torture. And you've heard me say it here before. Yeah. The longer that you go without good quality sleep, the worse your fatigue will be. And the more physical and emotional consequences of that fatigue that you will face. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay that one. Sleep deprivation <laughs> counts. Excellent. I mean, I should I should clarify, it's not as bad as it was in those uh, early kind of six to 12 weeks. That was really, really hard, you know, like feeding around the clock. It's just such a – I just remember I remember saying to my husband, like, after a few days of being home and – I mean, all babies are different. Some don't eat as often as others, but my little guy was like, you know, every one and a half to two hours he was he was chowing down, which is great. He's very healthy and happy and I'm really glad about that. But um it's a huge shift. It's it's a it's a very quick learning curve. And I remember just thinking, um, 
I just wish I could lie down for eight hours. I just wish I could go to sleep for like just one night of straight through sleep. Mm. And then I, I, I had to snap out of it. I literally said to myself, that's not going to happen for a while. That's okay. It will happen again. But the more you keep longing for it, the harder yeah. this is going to be. And so I had to just basically say to myself, stop thinking about it, stop pining, <laughs> stop pining for that night of straight through sleep because it's, it ain't coming. <laughs> so it ain't coming and it's going to be so much more painful. Uh, and yeah. that actually really, really helped. And now, you know, obviously, yeah, there's, there's good nights and bad nights or whatever, but for the most part, you know, he's only waking me up for one feed at about two or three in the morning, um, which is so much better than, you know, 8 p.m., 10 p.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> And it goes oh, on and it goes on. It just keeps rolling into oh the boy. next day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I think you make a really good point there. When you had that, you know, that early weeks of being a new mum fatigue, like at, at a guttural level, you knew that what you needed was a good sleep. Mm, absolutely. Because you kind of just knew that if by some kind of force of magic you could have got those eight hours that you would have felt so much better. Yeah, the body physically knows what it needs. Yeah, where <laughs> you I just think can't have it. <laughs> that's right. So, so it's you were you were fatigued, but it was a sleep deprivation form of fatigue, yes. as opposed to feeling that level of exhaustion, but having nothing to point to why. Yes, yeah, and also even if you did get sleep, I guess for a lot of people with fatigue or chronic fatigue, even if you do get sleep, mm. it's not necessarily you don't necessarily feel refreshed afterwards, right? Exactly, okay. spot on. Okay, so then I guess, um, yeah, I mean, apart from feeling super tired, what are some of the symptoms that we could, you know, look out for um, when it comes to fatigue, and when should we, I guess, seek help? Like, when do we? When does it push into? Oh, this is just a bit shit for a while. Versus, okay, no, actually, maybe I need to. Yeah have a conversation about this? So I think firstly, always have a think about how long you have been fatigued. Can you put it down to, you know, disturbed sleep patterns? Uh, would some extra sleep help? Have you had any days without fatigue in between those really tired days? Like, do you have some really good days, but then also some very fatigued days? Yeah. I think it's really important to think about the lifestyle factors wherever possible. Um, you know, it always does come back to a practicing good sleep hygiene, make sure that your bedroom is quiet, it's dark, it's as relaxing as it can be. It's at a comfortable temperature when you're trying to get some some good shut eye. You know, ditch the electronic devices like your TV, your computers and your smartphones from the bedroom. You know, doom scrolling is not doing your fatigue any favors. Mm. Um, try and avoid large meals and caffeine before bedtime. You know, have a think about am I getting a bit of physical activity? It does sound contradictory, and I know that we're going to get into this in a bit more detail later in the show, but exercise can help. So if you are feeling tired and fatigued, you know, are you doing a little bit of physical activity? Don't overdo it when you're already tired. We're talking, you know, gentle exercise, a little nice, a nice walk in some sunshine, mm. which always brings me back to, are you getting adequate exposure <laughs> to sunlight through the day? Yeah. This one's a non-negotiable. It's a big one, isn't it? Gavin, I love talking about sunlight and <laughs> Cult sun of the light. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's it it is so important. You know, are there other factors that can be contributing, like alcohol? You know, we know that it significantly impacts sleep quality. So if you're really tired, you know, a glass of vino to help you get off to sleep is probably doing you more harm than good. Mm. Um, is your job the problem? 
Shift work, you know, really toxic work environments and burnout can all lead to fatigue. And whilst I'll appreciate that there's no easy fix to these problems, Mm. don't ignore the contribution that your workplace could be having to your symptoms of fatigue. And then ultimately, if you've addressed a lot of those factors, you've kind of ticked all of those off and you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with sleep. I'm getting some exercise. I'm getting my sunshine, et cetera, et cetera. I've told Debbie from accounts to fuck off. Yep. Yes, precisely. <laughs> yeah. Then I think it's time to uh, it's time to go see your doctor. Um, look, persistent fatigue can be a common symptom of a lot of mental health problems, anxiety, depression, grief, and uh, and if this sounds like you, again, go see your GP, have a chat to them about getting a mental health care plan and maybe chatting to a psychologist about strategies and tools that you could use. Um, Persistent fatigue may also be a sign of an underlying medical condition. So there are, oh my gosh, the list is very long. There's, you know, a almost endless list of medical conditions that can present with fatigue. Mm-hmm. Underactive thyroid, anemia. So these are two that are well worth thinking about. Undiagnosed or suboptimally managed diabetes, heart disease, renal failure, autoimmune conditions, obstructive sleep apnea, and even pregnancy. I've had patients that have presented feeling really, really tired and we do a pregnancy test. And they're pregnant. And that's the answer. <laughs> so <laughs> I it's can a relate really, to that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really long list. Mm. And so I think that it's also important that we don't we don't start with that list. We start with lifestyle, we start with mental health, and, and then we start to explore that list once we've ruled out what's inevitably going to be the much more common causes of fatigue in the general community. Okay. And so then how would we diagnose fatigue, especially if it's um, something that's, yeah, maybe not not necessarily like a lifestyle thing that you can kind of address mm. yourself? Yeah. So I'll come back to something that I said earlier. Fatigue is a symptom. So it's something that you can feel and describe. It's not a condition or a disease in of itself. So to understand the cause of your fatigue, your doctor's probably going to need to spend a little bit of time with you. So again, if you are making that appointment with your GP, this might be one of those times that you opt to book a long appointment if Mm. you can. Mm. Your doctor's going to take a detailed history of your symptoms and your lifestyle, all of that stuff we've already chatted about. They should perform a physical examination, looking to rule in or out any organ-based diseases. So they might palpate your thyroid, have a bit of a poke around your liver, you know, a physical <laughs> examination. <putting> <laughs> Check your blood pressure, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, they'll do a review of, of any medications that you're currently taking um, and any potential toxic exposures that you might have through your occupation or through you know other activities that you engage in. Um, they will and should definitely do a mental health examination at this point because just because you might not feel as though you know you tick the boxes for you know depression, anxiety or another mental illness, you know I think it's really important that like anything else we get a formal evaluation and assessment of that. They should assess for the presence of any sleep disorders, so particularly things like obstructive sleep apnea um, can be a, you know, quite a difficult one to diagnose unless there's very obvious symptoms, you know, a husband or a wife that snores so, very yeah, heavily and yeah. has, you know, has <laughs> apneic episodes. Yep. But, you know, if if you're, if you live alone or, you know, if you are not a snorer, it does not mean that you don't have obstructive sleep apnea. So anyway, sleep disorders are really important to rule out. Mm. 
by this time, obviously we haven't done any investigations yet, but we should be getting a good sense of what the possible causes of your fatigue could be. And at that point, your doctor will be able to order some really targeted investigations to also reduce the workups for very obscure conditions or just, you know, testing for everything under the sun. Because like we said before, there are so many reasons that a person can feel fatigue. This is not cookie cutter medicine. This is not just, you know, here's your list of tests and uh, and we'll call you back later. We really do need that comprehensive evaluation of your health to get an understanding of what's what's Where it's going coming on. from. Yep. So I think as you can probably appreciate at this point, there are so many things that can cause fatigue. And whilst it's a really common presentation, it can be really difficult to ascertain what that underlying cause is. And because life is complicated and humans are complicated. Your fatigue may be the symptom of a perfect storm of lifestyle factors, psychological factors, and organic physical health problems. So it not only may be a difficult diagnosis to get to, but it can be a bit of a challenge to sometimes get on top of. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we're going to get to, I guess, how exercise comes into this. This is a podcast for women who hate working out, but know they should. So we will be talking about exercise. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, like if somebody, in your experience, if, if somebody's come to you with, you know, f- fatigue is a symptom of something, mm-hmm. um, is it something, you know, and as you say, it's it's quite a common thing. It's way more common than I thought. The presentation um, is really common. Yeah. yeah. Like, but is it, I mean, is the prognosis good? Like, can you, is it a case of um, most people are able to get on top of it? Or is it one of those things where it's just, you just kind of have to put up with it and, and manage it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say that for for the majority of patients, once we once we do address the lifestyle issues, once we address the underlying psychological component, and uh, let's face it, lifestyle and psychology are, ultimately require behavioural change. So that's you know that's it's it's not a quick fix. We can't just you know can't just prescribe an iron tablet and that'll make everything better. Yep. Um, but for the majority of patients, there are things that we can do to improve those symptoms. And I think the majority of patients will get on top of it. Yeah, good. Um, provided that they're also, I suppose, motivated and understand that there may not be a quick fix because it's it's often multifactorial. Yeah, okay. Okay. But that's, if you've, that's you know, good. if you if you're if you're, you know, on on the other end of this podcast and <laughs> and listening and going, you know, gosh, I've been really knocked around by fatigue for for many many months now and I've you know I've done a lot of the right things if you know it's it's worth persisting it's worth continuing to to search because the diagnosis can be difficult and and it may just be that we haven't you know we haven't uncovered it yet yeah but keep trying mm. um i mean it's interesting because i think that's a it's a very real symptom of long covid isn't it um, yeah, some people exactly. Have, yeah, just had this debilitating fatigue ever since, but it hasn't and affected everybody certain, in the same way. Exactly, and there's certainly, you know, there's some emerging evidence in the literature about the link between, you know, COVID, long COVID, and ME. So, um, mm. I, you know, we know that for, you know, it's not not just COVID, but but chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, in some 
folks is absolutely triggered by a viral infection. So, you know, there's for, for some of these causes, you know, the, the solution may not be an easy one. But what I would say is that I think I'm yet to meet a patient who has acute, prolonged or chronic fatigue that don't benefit from addressing the underlying lifestyle and psychological components. Good. That gives me hope, doctor. Because like, yeah, I was worried that you'd be, that you, I was going to say, you know, like the majority of your patients, they come to you and, and you, you know, we get to the bottom of it and they've got, they've got this fatigue, but it's a symptom of this. And then, and then you just go, yeah, but they can't do anything about it. And they just have to live with fatigue for the rest no, of their no, life. No. It's like, oh, oh God, no. give us and, hope, and, doctor. And sometimes, look, sometimes I'm, I'm probably painting a bleak picture. <laughs> sometimes it is straightforward. Sometimes you get, you know, you get to talking to these patients, you know, it's a, it's it's a woman in her. It's a woman in her forties who, you know, does have a very stressful life, a stressful job, experiences extremely heavy periods, and has, you know, is caring for her aging parents or something like that. You know, she's probably iron deficient. Yeah, so if we can get on top say. of that, her ability to cope with all of the rest of what life is mm. throwing at her improves dramatically. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it is as simple as testing someone's thyroid function and realizing that they are hypothyroid, and a bit of thyroxin, you know, a bit, a bit of thyroid replacement just gives them their life back. Yep. So sometimes there absolutely is a, a, a quick fix in inverted commas. Yeah. But by the same token, I think even for you know the woman with iron deficiency or the person who's you know diagnosed with a thyroid condition, at the end of the day, we all benefit from. Again, you know, looking at sleep, looking at lifestyle, looking at the, I guess, some of the factors that we may have a little bit of control over. Mm. I think one of the things that you touched on before as well, particularly in, which would fall under the mental health challenge um, banner, I think, is grief. Um, and, 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 the, and the other thing is also, you know, toxic workplaces or, or you know, like uh, toxic relationships of any kind, I guess. Um, mm. It can be... I think, yeah, it can be quite surprising how much we don't realise sometimes those things are taking a toll on us in the background because we're, yes. you know, we're putting one foot in front of the other. We're getting, say, we're, we're we're getting to work, we're looking after the kids, we're looking after parents, you know, we're getting all to, mm. to all the, you know, weekly activities. Um, but there's that, that oh, doesn't look, mean that, that no, underneath no. all of that, you know, exactly. we're physically look, carrying the weight of feelings the, and emotions. Sometimes the solutions are also just not tenable in mm. real life like if you're if you're you know existing under a cloud of grief or if you are working in a really awful environment with terrible workplace practices yeah sure be great take a month off go to the bahamas yeah. you know kick, it's kick not a back thing. and get some sunshine mm. great great solution and i'd love to be able to prescribe that for people but yeah. it's you know it's unfortunately you know this, it comes back to then going right back to basics. You know, what can we achieve without making the problem worse? Because you know, avoiding avoiding a terrible workplace may ultimately, you know, lead to much greater financial harm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can't just make grief disappear. Burying your grief is not the solution <laughs> yeah. either. If, yeah. If only we could. Oh, can I stop? You know, just stop feeling sad about you know this this person or this thing that I've lost. Sure. Mm. That's how it works. Um, yep. In good news, though, there is there is something uh, you know, a, a quite a simple lifestyle thing that um, that you can look at, um, 
which is exercise. And, you know, Sarah and I are always about um, finding ways to motivate ourselves to exercise. And while I think that you and I have been very tired at times, um, I personally, listening to you talk about fatigue itself, I don't think that I would, you know, class myself in that. I mean, obviously, yeah, sleep deprivation is put that to the side. I know it's it's a short-term thing and I know what the fix is. Um, and mm-hmm. the fix just can't happen right now because there's a baby who needs me. Exactly. Um, but uh, I have no doubt that, yeah, getting, you know, full nights of sleep will basically replenish um, replenish my energy levels. So I don't think it's something that you and I have necessarily come across other than maybe short-term fatigue. Uh, exactly. I think that you and I have no doubt at one time or another have had acute fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think upon reflection, I, I'm very fortunate that I don't think I've ever suffered from prolonged or chronic fatigue. No, you know. To I mean, date. <laughs> not yet. To date. <laughs> well, if you do, there is a way that we can work with it, um, which is, yeah, you know, and sorry to finish that random train of thought, uh, which was, you know, that we, we're always looking for ways to uh, motivate ourselves to exercise. Um, and this isn't something that we've had to deal with. However, if you have, um, then the positive is, you know, exercise is quite beneficial. Um, I did a quick scan of the Cochrane database. So this is the database that you introduced us to of the uh, systematic reviews. So this is, you know, peer-reviewed studies, all good quality meta-analyses. Um, and there's actually been a lot of work done in this area. Like if mm. you punch in exercise and fatigue, lots and lots of good stuff comes up. Um, mostly uh, looking at ways to manage fatigue in relation to things like cancer and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting that to one side for a second, I actually found a really interesting study. This wasn't on the Cochrane database, um, but I found a really interesting study that looked more at exercise and fatigue management in the general population. So, you know, they looked specifically at people who who don't have an illness or disease but yeah. who do have fatigue. Um, it's from a 2008 study out of the University of Georgia, and it showed that low-intensity exercise can reduce fatigue by 65%, which is a pretty 65. high Yep. So basically sedentary people who experience ongoing or consistent fatigue can increase their energy levels by 20% by doing regular low-intensity exercise. And I'll come back to that in just a second. So these researchers who did this study also did an earlier study in 2006, and that's when they were looking at patients with particular health issues like cancer, heart disease, mental health challenges, and stuff like that. And this study that they did originally showed that low-intensity exercise significantly improved energy levels and reduced fatigue in these people who were dealing with these specific health challenges. And then fast forward a couple of years, they wanted to look at the average population, um, you know, people who didn't have existing health issues to see if fatigue you know, can be managed through exercise. Um, they got not very many people. They had only about 36 volunteers, but these were people who experienced consistent fatigue, but I guess didn't meet the criteria for a medical diagnosis of, say, chronic fatigue. Yes. Um, so, yeah, 36 volunteers, they split them into three groups. Group one did 20 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise three times a week for six weeks. Group two did 20 minutes of low-intensity aerobic exercise three times a week for six weeks. And group three, which was the control group, did no exercise. <laughs> now, which, you know, would be <laughs> you or me, the exercise group lost three. the world. <laughs> Put group, me in there. Group three, you, no, no. you even in no, the study? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after six weeks, they found that, quote, low and moderate intensity groups had a 20% increase in energy levels over the control group. And surprisingly... The low-intensity group 
had a greater reduction in fatigue levels than the moderate intensity group. So the low intensity people had the 65% improvement versus 49% for the moderate. Um, And the researchers hypothesized that moderate intensity exercise was perhaps too much Mm. for someone who was experiencing fatigue. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So you don't actually have to do that much. In fact, if you do less, but just more than nothing. This is the the published version of less is more. Absolutely. Less is literally more, especially if you're fatigued. So interestingly, for the groups who exercised, the improvements in energy and reduced fatigue that they experienced were not related to an increase in fitness. So just because they'd been working yeah, out that's more. fascinating. Yeah, just because they'd been working out more, their fitness had improved, but this wasn't the reason that they actually felt better. So the study suggests that it's because exercise acts directly on the central nervous system to increase energy and reduce fatigue. And the researchers say that exercise traditionally has been associated with physical health, but we are quickly learning that exercise has a more holistic effect on the human body and includes effects on psychological health. And what this means is that in every workout, a single step is not just a step closer to a healthier body, but also a healthier mind. And I thought that was, I mean, apart from that, you know, doing less is more is great. Uh, doing, you know, lower intensity exercise is, is great for fatigue. Um, I thought that was really interesting that actually yeah, it's got nothing uh, yeah. to do with improving your fitness. It's actually improving your mind. I, it, I'm, I'm, it makes me think of, I think you see it on like, you know, TikTok and socials and whatnot, that p- people going for their silly little walk. Yeah. Well, I'm off for my I'm silly, little, my walk. silly <laughs> little walk for my mental health. And they're like for trudging along. Health. Yeah. <laughs> How much better does it feel? It's it's like it's really annoying mm. when you are tired yeah. and you drag your lazy bag of bones outside to go for, you know, a 15-minute gentle walk and you get home and you're like, oh, damn, <laughs> it worked. really helped. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I've been and I've been making an effort like anecdotally I've been making an effort to do it a bit more myself recently because I have been just working some some longer days and some longer shifts so some early starts and some later finishes Mm. but trying to factor in just a bit of a break through the day today I took my I took my push bike out for a little while my e-push bike but still it's hilly around here um and went for a ride for probably about half an hour. I, I'll admit that it was probably more moderate intensity than low intensity. Yep. But, but you're, not, was, you're also not suffering from fatigue, so it's no, okay. <laughs> but I was but I was tired. And I know that we've spent a long time today talking about the difference between being tired and being fatigued. But still, if you don't identify as somebody that suffers with, you know, terrible, chronic, debilitating fatigue, but you just have those days Mm. where you are tired, getting outside and just doing a little bit of something, gosh, it just, it just makes a difference. It does. I kind of had all of my energy back to be able to, you know, attack the next four or five hours of my day. Mm. Um, And yeah, and the what sunshine. is it now? It's about it's about fourteen hours since I started work today, with a break in the middle, and and you, like I can do it. I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't at if least hadn't. just yep. chalked up, uh, you know, half an hour of a bit of moderate, low to moderate intensity exercise. Yeah, makes a huge difference. You're also getting sunshine there, that critical mm. um, sunlight, which is a mood booster. It's not just about your circadian rhythm, but it's actually mm. feeding your mood, which is amazing through your eyeballs. Um, and um, 
there was something else I was going to say, but maybe because I'm sleep deprived, I can't even remember that train of thought. Um, no, it's totally gone. But um, anecdotally as well, the same for me. It's, it's. I'm very tired, obviously, most of the time. <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very, very tired. And this is, I will say, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Very rewarding, yes, but very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, not sugarcoat it. It's still really, still really hard. hard. And it's physically draining, um, you know, not just the the lifting and the carrying and the using of, and getting up and down off the floor and using different muscle groups that, you know, don't normally get used in this way. But also breastfeeding is pretty exhausting. You know, there's there are days when, particularly if he's going through like a bit of a growth spurt or something and like his feeds are like he's doing like full feeds on both sides, afterwards you literally feel like someone plugged something into you and then <laughs> drained you of all of your drained power. Drained life force. <laughs> It's so hard. Oh, um, just imagining that little battery icon just with just the red do, flashy light do, at the bottom. Do, go down, go it's down. Alert, Plug alert. me in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, – and and it's so hard um, oh. to go, come on, get outside and go for a walk. I think the, the, the easier thing for me is that – and this is terrible. Well, it's not terrible. It's just – this shouldn't be the it's reason terrible, why. Gab, admit it. <laughs> it shouldn't be the reason why women do exercise, but I'm doing it. I, I, I most of the time I get outside because of because of the baby because I want to get some sunshine for the both of us. Um, I want to get some outdoor stimulation, you know, that kind of stuff, and you know, and experiences and and sensory kind of yeah. experiences. And so most of the time, the initial motivation is is. Um, getting outside for the baby, not necessarily for me, but the positives of me exercising, I guess, is just the byproduct of that. It's terrible. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's I honestly, I'm putting one foot honest, in front of the other at the moment. <laughs> honestly, I don't I don't think that's terrible at all because I think it's really important that uh, just this whole concept of us waiting for the perfect motivation yeah. to 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 enact an action is is flawed. Mm. Um, sometimes, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the motivation is. If if ultimately it means that you're getting in a little bit of physical activity, you're getting a little bit healthier. You're getting all of those other beautiful, nourishing, you know, side side joys of being mm. outdoors. I don't care what your motivation is. Like, if your motivation is that I'm, I've got to get out there because the best coffee is a kilometer <laughs> away, then then great. You still it. The benefits that you get from that physical activity are completely independent of the motivation that gets you there. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Um, the feminist in me has just been like, damn it, like I'm only getting outside because Do of the baby. Me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, no, no, this is the only way I'm going to get it done. Um, but honestly, anecdotally, I do feel better when we get back yeah. from, you know, a walk. Like I do feel <laughs> like, you know. like I don't know why it annoys me so much I know. when I do. <laughs> I know. I feel like somebody just plugged me in. Uh, you know, oh, that's yeah. right. I, I remember the train of thought from before. You going out <laughs> in your half hour um, bike ride. Yes, you're getting that beautiful sunlight for your mood and for your circadian rhythm, which helps you sleep better. However, you're also getting that delicious vitamin D, which sometimes, like especially on a, a winter's day, oh, yeah. it actually like it, it feels warm on your skin and it actually feels like you're charging, like someone has, has plugged you into the mainframe and mm. you are feeling your battery replenish. There's something about the winter sunlight that is just so deliciously yeah. addictive and I love it. I can't get exactly. enough Exactly. Oh. At a bare minimum, I'm even though it's cold, at a bare minimum, I, I'm, if it's a sunny day and we've had some glorious mm. 
sunny, beautiful winter days, I'm at least eating my lunch outside. Yes. And if that's all you get, at least it's better than being stuck underneath artificial lights all day. All all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, and as it, as I said, anecdotally, obviously, we can't, we're not doing controlled, randomized controlled trials here of N equals exercise two. for us, but but it does it does help. And I remember I got this um, I got a text message. I think it was from my mum. It was maybe like a couple of months in, so it was when I was like you know all healed after my birth injury and you know safe to kind of resume gentle exercise. And I think she said something like um, in a text, something like it's never going to feel great um so don't put off doing the physical activity for that time when you'll feel more energized because Mm. that time never really comes which was a terrifying prospect um but i I think she meant obviously it takes a long time before you get to sleep through the (laughs) night again um so so she was just saying like just just like start now, do just what you can start. now because you will just feel begin. better. Yeah, and That's I was it. like, I remember thinking at the time, oh, like I got a little bit like, you know, not like what? That's annoying, you know. And then I was like, no, actually, I totally get what you mean. Like, it's never actually going to feel amazing. Well, not never, but you know, like for a long time, it's not oh, going to feel amazing. No. Um, so don't wait for this perfect time when you'll all of a sudden. Mm be having these amazing nights sleep yeah. because life is always going to be challenging no matter what situation you're in. You're always going to feel tired, let's be honest, um, and obviously putting fatigue to the side. Um, so just um, like don't wait for that time when yeah. you're going to f- miraculously feel amazing and that's the time you'll start exercising. The only way to set up a regular exercise habit is to do it when life is at its most challenging and yes. at its uh, most busy because you're never going to stick to that habit if it, if it is only happening in this glorious time when you're not mm. as busy as normal or, you know, like during your holidays or during a, a break from work if you go on long service yeah. or something, anything, whatever it is, if there's a change in your life and that's the time that you decide that you're going to start exercising, it doesn't hold up when you resume no. normal, you know, normal activities. That's it. Don't wait for motivation. <laughs> Oh, have a baby. <laughs> that is not the advice. That is not the takeaway from this from this episode. I'm just very tired. Oh, anyway, we're all tired. Not just yeah. Anyway, oh, women like you, the podcast for people who are tired, 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 exercise sloths. Oh, oh so sleepy. Uh, yeah. Now we find out that the reason why we're so tired is because we're not exercising enough. Fine. Okay. Fine. Anyway. Uh, fine. fine. Stupid podcast. <laughs> Stupid sunshine, stupid mental health walks. I oh. know. The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Gab. And I'm Sarah. And next week, uh, we're diving into the fun world of sciatic pain. (laughs) Tell you what, we might only have 20 to 30% of our listeners experiencing fatigue at any given moment. I reckon there's a pretty high percentage of women like us Mm. who have battled a bit of sciatic pain at one time or another. Absolutely. I'm dealing with it right now. So are you. That's why we're going to talk (laughs) about it. (laughs) You wonder uh, where we come up with these fantastic ideas. It's just, it's, it's often 
What's bothering you this week? <laughs> What's shit about your life this week? Sliding pain. Excellent. That's an episode. We literally text each other back and forth going, is there an episode in this? Personal jinx. Yes, there is. There absolutely is. Because, surprise, surprise, a stupid mental health walk also helps with sciatic pain. There you go. Anyway. Tune in next week to hear us. Talk about that. Talk about that with some evidence and some facts and whatnot. No, just anecdotes. Just anecdotes. (laughs) I went for this one walk once and And I felt great. And it cured everything. All right, let's go get some sleep. Indeed. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Big name in the